0: Good morning and welcome again to the Source of Truth podcast on this Wednesday edition. And we're so glad you're with us and thank you for giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. We're going to be again in the book of Ecclesiastes as we're looking again at chapter number 10. So if you're following along in Scripture... Ecclesiastes chapter number 10. This morning uh, what I want to do is I want to start understanding looking a little bit the topic that we're going to deal with today. Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10 has been talking about the difference between wise and folly. He's describing the struggle of the folly, the foolishness of some people, and and, and what, what we can learn, and so really, there's a distinction in this aspect. What we're going to see is, is kind of a twofold thought. One, the words. Usually, a foolish person is seen by their words. And the Bible tells us in the book of Mark, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the reason we can identify. Uh, foolish people by their words is our words establish who we are. Uh, simple example, if I'm constantly critical, well then I'm a critical person. If I'm constantly struggling in negativity, then I'm struggling in some level of discouragement. Uh, if you find somebody who is light-hearted and things of that nature, there's somebody who's worked hard in their heart to be lighthearted and to be encouraging and so our conversations say a lot if you find someone who's always critical of other people you need to be careful and in, in telling them things or being friends with them because if they're critical to you about someone else well that character states that they're going to tell someone else something critical about you so we, we do need to learn the premise of our words and not only our words and what we say to people and what it says about us but what, how to learn and define. But one of the reasons I think we can see in this passage a definition is I think that if we're not careful, we can allow a level of foolishness in, in our lives, but also a level of foolishness in lives of others to affect us. And I think what so we're going to see in this passage. So let's evaluate the few verses we have here today. I'm going to go back. We, we read these verses yesterday, but we didn't spend much time on them. So let's go back and look uh, at verse um, number 10 ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 the bible says if the iron be blunt and he's talking there specifically about an axe head iron built an axe head. so if the iron be blunt or be dull is the word we use today if the iron be dull and he do not wet the edge tighten you know sharpen it up then he must put to more strength but wisdom is profitable to direct so he's talking about the idea that if if, if i am using an axe and I have not sharpened the edge, I'm gonna find myself putting an awful lot of work, more work than necessary. Have you ever chopped wood? I've done this before, have you ever chopped wood? My, my son and I, younger son, I love to, to chop wood. We'll get wood and we'll chop it all up, it's great exercise, and we just love the uh, being able to do a bonfire, so we chop the wood up. It's good exercise, and, and it's a great way you get free wood, you can chop it up, but one of the things I've learned that if you know we, we, uh, we have a spot, we can sharpen our ax, but if we choose not to, we just don't wanna take the time to go do it, what we find ourselves in that situation is, is many times we're working a lot harder to cut the wood in front of us than we should because the blade's just not sharp. And when you truly sharpen the axe, the work becomes so much more effective. The axe is what does the work. The principle we can see in that, we see this, if you go back, I think it's the book of First Kings where uh, Elisha is talking about building uh the 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 seminary to an extent and someone comes to him and he says listen we're cutting down they're cutting down trees to build the dormitories for this college and they come and say you know i've dropped my axe the axe heads fell off in the water what do i do and he's told well where is the axe head and basically he's lost the axe. he's lost his power what many say he's lost the cutting edge and that cutting edge that sharpness is what is kind of our purpose our effectiveness so we, Solomon kind of gives us an idea that true wisdom, when we understand it, and we stay away from folly and stay in wisdom, it gives us an effectiveness in our purpose. Each and every one of us have a purpose. And if you haven't found it yet, coming to Christ might be the first answer to that. But we come to Christ and we have a purpose. What does God have for us? What gifts has he given? What has he asked us to do? And then he gives us the ability. Now we understand that cutting edge, that sharp, that ability is from the Holy Spirit. It's not our own. We need the Holy Spirit to give us the effectiveness and the talent and the ability to do what God has asked us to do. It's how it works. God said, here's what I've asked you to do. Here's your strengths and here's your weaknesses. And then the Holy Spirit will use those to make you effective. But when we don't sharpen that, those tools, and that's simply from being in the Word of God, being in church, using those gifts, we're not sharpening them. And wisdom is where that comes, seeking for wisdom and growing in wisdom. But here's the option. What happens is we find ourselves in foolishness and or battling those in foolishness. Because he goes down, interestingly enough, to verse 11. Surely the serpent, a snake, will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. Surely a snake will attack you for no reason. You walk by a certain spot, you can get bit by a snake, who assumes you're there to hurt them, even though you don't even know they're around, and you get bit by them. Similar to that, a babbler, a foolish person, will attack with your words, Without any reason, you—if you've ever been in a scenario where somebody has attacked you, stated things, criticism, mocking you, or what your belief system, or whatever of that, for no reason—that is one of these true true, true, true examples of a fool. Even somebody who has true levels of criticism—I say—they know something about somebody that's not great. A wise person is going to be very cautious in how they use that. They're going to go to the person. They're going to do everything they can to keep it quiet. That's a sign of wisdom. But a foolish person is going to blabber that. We see that in gossip. We see that in criticism. We see that in a way where they can use their words to criticize others. Now they think they're making themselves look good because they're so much better and I pull people down. Well, in all reality, all they're doing is proving their foolishness. And so we're taught through scripture, be careful not to be pulled away by the foolish. See, what happens is criticism comes your way and it's easy to want to defend yourself. I mentioned yesterday, one of the first signs of guilt to self-defense. Now, there are sometimes a reputation has been affected and there needs to be an explanation. But generally speaking, if a fool is criticizing you, there's no right, there's no effectiveness in defending. Just keep doing what you're doing. Because if we'll describe a couple of things about what God says about a fool. If you go back to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was given the job by God to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. And yet at one point he was up top. Sam and Tobai and many others were striving to get him out of the work, the job that was placed before him. And one of the ways that was done was criticism and silly words, and, like, hey, compromise, things of that nature. And Nehemiah could have engaged in the folly and the foolishness of that. But the problem is, you don't win anything. Again, we mentioned yesterday, Proverbs tells us, um, respond not to a fool in their folly. Right? When you see something, kind of getting away from what God's asked you to do to engage in the foolishness of this criticism only makes you like them. It doesn't solve anything. Because honestly, foolishness is full of lies, full of criticism, that people know it, and they don't care. You're not going to correct them. You're not going to prove them wrong and you're right, and they're never going to acknowledge it. That's foolishness. So please understand, when somebody's gone into foolishness, they come back. They should be re- reconciled. They should be loved. But there needs to be, on their end, a recognition of that. There needs to be, on their end, a point where they need to come back and admit they're wrong. That's what a fool needs to do. But a wise person, when you get engaged in the back and forth of this foolishness, you're wasting this sharp edge and what's kind of like you're taking an axe and you're beating at things pointlessly it's an awful lot of work and you're accomplishing no work that's that's the problem when either foolishness drives you, your foolishness drives you, or the foolishness of others. Let me quickly give you a couple of thoughts in, in the verbiage, in our words, and we can see in folly. He says in verse 12, the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. They use their wisdom, they're quick to, they're quick to hear, and they wait to speak. And When you know a wise person, they don't, they don't blabber a lot, but when they speak, there's wisdom there. That's what you want to be known as. You've taken time to think and consider the matter. But, he says in the halfway through verse 12, but the lips of a fool will swallow himself up. He talks so much. You listen long enough, you can tell what they're saying is foolish. Uh, sometimes they contradict themselves. Sometimes what they say is not even possible to say. Just listen. When you listen long enough, a fool will make himself obvious by his own words. Verse thirteen: the beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and then the end of his talk is mischievous madness. When he starts his foolishness, and then as he talks, it just gets worse. And when you're done, you're like, I don't even know what to say to this because it's emptiness, it's foolishness. So one, be careful in. Again, what I say comes out of my heart, who I am. So if I'm bringing in foolishness, I'm gonna spew out foolishness. So it starts with bringing in wisdom. Go to the word of God. Listen to things that are only gonna make you wise. Don't let foolishness become part of your life. Don't listen to foolish people online. Don't listen to foolish people who are ridiculous in their extremities. Don't listen to foolish people who wanna criticize. It's better to isolate yourself. Let them be isolated. A foolish person should feel uncomfortable. It should be alone because we strive in wisdom. There's one more thing that's so true. It's beginning of verse 14. A fool also is full of words. What are you saying? Generally, you know a fool because they're always talking. They're never listening. A wise person wants to learn. So that wise person desiring to learn is not the first one to speak, often the last one to speak. A wise person wants to learn, so they will listen. James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. A wise person desires to learn. So if you desire wisdom stop spewing knowledge stop telling people how you're not wise by talking and just listen and then i will gain and sometimes what i gain in wisdom is when i listen to somebody most of what they're saying has no validity whatsoever i don't i don't argue that i don't debate that because that person has proven that by speaking let the fool be where they are they, they'll they'll prove to everybody else their foolishness by just talking be the wise person, step back, use wisdom, use maturity, don't overreact, don't, don't respond poorly, just, just respond. be in the word of God, trust God, you know, God never overreacted. When he decided to be forceful, it was a very specific reason, but criticism is always his way, he used truth. So don't, don't allow foolishness to drive you away, don't get caught in with the foolish and fools, stay strong, Satan wants you there, he wants you to bait, our pride drives us. Fill yourself with wisdom, the word of God. Stray from the fools, let God deal with them, love them, and just go for it. As good fathers, as good mothers, husbands, wives, let us as Christians strive after wisdom and stay away from the foolishness. Thanks again for the wonderful opportunity uh, to teach today. I hope that we consider this. It's, It's easy for us to realize that our words have sometimes made people recognize how we don't know, and it's often easy to hear a fool when we listen. Be the one that listens. Let wisdom reign. Let God's wisdom be reigned. And, and, and you allow yourself to be uh, the wise person in the room. And it comes from, again, the Word of God. Fill yourself with that wisdom. Again, thanks for joining us today on this Wednesday. I greatly appreciate the privilege you've given me to be part of your day. I hope it inspires us to follow after God's Word and challenges us and encourages us in God. Again, thanks for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow.